And she's like, okay, I don't have to have everything planned out. And I'm feeling the vulnerability of like, my identity's changing. Her identity's changing. She feels like everything's changing. And so I said to her the other day, make a list of all the things that are staying the same. And go back to that because there is a lot changing and you have permission to have it change. I need to take that same advice. Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. I'm talking with Gainalyn Condi. Gainalyn, you have been a guest on The Lisa Show. Many times you've talked through a lot of really difficult things. You've kind of shared your story, but what's interesting to me is you're a speaker, you're a writer, you're a presenter. You talk about really hard things. <laughs> and I watch you on social media. You're a hustler. Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> and I don't have people doing that, just side note. I don't know. No, have a, I know. And you're like a one-woman entrepreneurial like hustler for things that are hard. And I simply want to ask you, like, why? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> As a friend who loves you very much. With all no, the love in the world. There are certainly easier ways oh. to help people or easier ways to make money or easier ways to do that. And so— Oh, wait. Is there money involved? <laughs> Well, I didn't get that See, this is memo. the thing. I feel like I need to break it to you. <laughs> okay, like, okay. Like other people are working really— <sighs> No, I, I I don't want to diminish what you do. And, and certainly I'm laughing about it, but I do find it interesting when, you know, I have friends who are, are, are doing unconventional— Creations. Creations. And hustling in a lot of like sort of different directions. Mm -hmm. And it is so unconventional. And a lot of people will say, why? You know, like what what is your purpose and and why? And and how do you find that? You know, there's a lot to unpack in that question. I know. Listen, (laughs) I didn't give you a softball. Okay. So I'm going to just be really authentic. For me, knowing your wife for any stewardship, any job, any role that you're playing is key because I get lost in the weeds. Like yeah, I, and now stewardship is your word. You, oh, I, man. You use it all the time, but I don't <laughs> think like conventionally a lot of us really use it. Yeah. So what so does that for mean? under $8 on Amazon, yeah, no. you can buy my new book <laughs> oh my on the stewardship principle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you but, don't stop. I love so listen, I'm going to say to you that like for me, when I when I learned this principle about 10 years ago, it changed everything and it answers your original thought and question. For me, everything's a stewardship. So my chronic illness, my parenting status, my marital status, um, all the little bio things you just threw out there, like writing, speaking, showing up on TV and radio, it's all stewardship. But so is like our unemployment and our dog peeing on the carpet. And for me, everything is something that I can give watch care over. But I'm going to be transparent with your listeners. I am in a total, like, if I had to choose a word to tattoo on my arm about the theme of the last 12 months, it would be transition. And there's so much change and transition just from, like, my youngest is about to move out and go to college. So you're going to be an empty nester. Empty nesting. Um, to one of my work projects, my co-host changed this year. To like physical changes, just like age-wise, I'm 51. And so I'm in perimetopause and I may be currently having a hot flash while we're taping this. <laughs> Congratulations. You guys can't see it or feel it, but it's happening. Um, you just look glowing. Thank you. Um, and so I would say that 
my why doesn't feel like a stagnant point on a map. I'm not always super clear on my why. And I will say that I'm questioning a lot of things because I feel like as a mom, a lot of the last 24 years has been pouring myself into my kids mm-hmm. in a way of like, get the ingredients out, mix them up in the mm-hmm. bowl, put it in the pan, put it in the oven, then it's going to come out like this cake. And guess what? Just a spoiler alert— <laughs> When your kids hit a certain age, it doesn't come out like a certain cake recipe. And I, so I've been asking a lot of questions of like, what was all that for? Why did I do that? But on my good clear days, to answer your question in the simplest of terms, for me, success is defined by impact. And I don't know how you define that because how do you measure it? How do you measure it? Especially as a, as a parent. Right. Or even as a, Whatever you call as an influencer, I hate the word followers. Like, is it the number of followers? Is it the number of books you sell? Is it the choices of your kids? So to go back, if I'm in stewardship, I kind of surrender outcomes. And when I'm in ownership, I get really stuck by Hmm. the measurable, like, criteria. And I don't think you can measure in parenting. I don't even think you— I don't think think so either. I don't think it matters— that whole thing, quote unquote, how your kids turn. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. When do they turn out? Right. Like, at what point? Because we're all working. We're in always changing and moving and evolving. And you could be the best parent in the world, and 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 your kid could have a choose a miserable life. Well, you know, listen. for them, I, I hate to go down that road, but it does speak to. I think because I. I I'm experiencing like you know a similar thing, mm-hmm. you know that. Which I, thanks for the validation, by the way. No. Before we started taping, because honestly, I think there's not a lot of voices about this stage. I of life. I don't know how to talk about this stage of life, and and I feel like because my life experience seems so extreme mm-hmm. that it makes it harder mm-hmm. just to say, you know, the year after my husband died, mm-hmm. three of my children left home. They left. Home, they were adults, and they. They transitioned to adulthood, and in, I, in, in all in three different ways. Because it's a grieving process, and and I it just seemed so ex- extreme and yeah. so devastating on a different level that I hadn't anticipated. That that it is really yeah difficult to talk about, and then you start doing all of this self evaluation of well, what does it mean? Did we do a good job? Did you guys have a good childhood? What do you think about this? What kind of a relationship do we have? Are you happy? Did I teach you how to make you know, f- more food than just grilled cheese. And- um, by the way, I didn't. And there's a cereal bar, hopefully somewhere, to I, keep my kids right. alive. Well, no, but all of those questions, and you think, oh, that's silly. That doesn't matter. And you put it out of your head. No, but, but it's the accumulation of so many moments of like that, of like, oh, did I teach you this? Oh, right. do you know this? Right. And you can text them. And of course, you still have a relationship with them. But, but it it's feels changing different. forever. And it's changing your identity mm-hmm. because now mm-hmm. my influence is not, oh, when my kids are at home, I can influence them this way and that way, or mm-hmm. we have this kind of relationship. And when they leave, it's so symbolic that it's going to take more of an effort. And and then it's so much of my time, like you were saying, pouring into this, like, I love it. And, and this is so meaningful. And this is what I want and choose. And then when they don't need you, and that's, and your time is, is now used in a different way, it it is a real weird weird thing for you to look at your own identity, or it has been for me. Of to yeah. say, okay, so I used to be like, I'm a mom of five, and I have these five great, and it's like I still have five kids, of right. course, but I'm, I'm raising them in a different way, and there's only two at home, and one who's really home. And you know what? <laughs> the truth is, is that all the 
quote unquote good I've tried to put in the world from raising kids to writing books to content I post on social media. If I'm not clear on my why, and I'm not, let me say that, like I'm clear sometimes and other times I'm not clear on my why, then I could get really like, I don't even know if there's a therapist that could process that. <laughs> if there is, like message me on LinkedIn or something. Yes, sir, sir. Right. Because this middle age, I think it is a moment to stop and assess and say, this role has changed. Okay, this so professional I, really, role has changed. I'm really curious though, like to go back and like a time where you felt like this is it. Like you were felt like all of your goals aligned with how your life looked. Like what have you ever had a, a time like that? Well, I will say like the, moments? the last few years has felt like synergistic. Like my kids were independent enough that the creative side of me was going out in the world in a way that the mom guilt looked a little better or different, right? I just felt like they wanted some independence. And so my projects created a healthy boundary between us. Um, but there's been changes on that front on top of changes physically, on top of my kids moving on and it, and me questioning so many things at a time that there, I, I had a friend yesterday, something like say, I think we were talking about this like four years ago and I'm like, am I a broken record? Did I say the same thing four years ago? And it it forced me to stop and say that was this many books ago and this was this many shows ago and this many events ago and my kids are in this space, not in prison, you know? And, and it reminded me that I have accomplished and I have created, but I am in a very vulnerable space where I'm questioning what all that was for. And I am questioning, like you just were saying about parenting, I have more empathy for my mother-in-law. I just talked to her this week, and I was like, Mom, she's almost 90. Oh, wow. And I married her middle. So she has some older than my husband and some younger. And I said, I walk through the house sometimes, and I have this like gut punch response when I see like a picture on the wall of the old little family. Or I see moms pushing the strollers to the park. And I know they're exhausted. And I know they have creative outlets that they don't even know how to do because they're doing diapers and all that. And she said, you know what? That doesn't go away. I said, great. Oh, thanks for thanks the heads so up. much. That reminds me of when I was talking to my mom and I said something like, you know, I just want them to be okay. Like as if the, you know, there you would was arrive. Yeah, there was a destination point where I'm like, all of my kids are happy and doing exactly what they want. We checked or, all the know. boxes. Yeah, I don't know. And she just kind of laughed at me and she's like, you never stop worrying about your uh -huh. kids. And I was like, please don't tell me yeah. that's true. She goes, no, every night when I go to bed, like we're all old. Right. <laughs> and have our own families. Right. She's like, I, you know, lay in my bed and I think the prayer list is of, long. I imagine where each one of my kids are. <sighs> they're okay before I go to bed. And I just she thought, did? I don't know that like, just like gut punched me in a different way. It does. Yeah. And they may but not. Now I, I totally am the same. I lay down and I just think, okay, so, and I go through all my kids where they are. and But don't you have empathy and understanding for her now? Oh, oh my gosh. At hundred percent. And I'm like, wait, so I have a to wait till more. my kids are then parents for them to circle back? <sighs> and is that the cycle of life? Are we doing Lion King? I think we are doing Lion King. <laughs> Don't you hate to be a cliche. <laughs> I know. And so, you know, to answer your question, I have moments that I feel like I've gotten sacred feedback from people where they're like, that thing you did changed me at a like a genetic level or a DNA level. Like, I feel different from reading your book or hearing you on this show or whatever. That matters, but I also am like— what is the next phase supposed to be? 
I don't know if there's a lot of these conversations we're having today that just allow space for men and women at this age to sit and talk about well, it. Well, yeah, and at any transition, because I think we all yeah. hit different transitions at different times. It doesn't follow like a clear trajectory. You can't like look around. Like I feel like I've learned that dramatically. Like when Christopher, my late husband, got diagnosed and when he passed away, I was like, none of my other friends have had to bury mm-hmm. a husband. None of my other friends ha- have their own headstone. Mm-hmm. I joke about it all the time. I'm like, hey, you guys, you should just get a headstone. <laughs> my get name- one not by me. Like I'm trying to make it like this normal thing. So I have somebody by to the way, talk I about need how to talk- weird it is. I do need to talk to you about that because I've started thinking like we don't have a place. Where do we get buried? Come over by me. <laughs> okay. There are places then available. Then we could hang and out. None of my friends. Okay. Seriously. We'll would do you it. message me later? No, but because here's the thing: no one wants to talk about. Yeah, it. no one does. And when your life, you have to talk about yeah. it and think about it. You have to do it by yourself. Well, and I have lupus, and we were told when we were married three years. This is we're married 31 years now. I had 10 years left to live, oh and gosh. I would never have kids. Oh that was the reality. Gosh. The doctor sat me down and like, you'll never have no. kids. You'll be dead in 10 years. So <gasps> that puts a whole nother spin on assessing what I've put out in the world and what impact I've had mm. and what's of value because, honestly, I, I shouldn't be here. Like, I am 21 years past when they thought, and I have two kids. And so one wow. of the things that, like, really stops me is— I feel like life has been a gift, but it's been challenging and hard. And I would say that you and I are having this conversation. Anyone younger than us is going, hmm, I wonder if, what are they talking about? Or maybe they're- I don't know. I don't know. But I think my daughter is feeling the same thing about ready to go to college. A transition is a transition. It is. And when they're trying to, or like, uh, you know, a couple of my kids are like looking towards the end of graduation, like, how do I want to live? Where do I want to live? Yes. It seems overwhelming because these are important questions. I've said the same thing to her recently. A transition is a transition. Yeah. I've said, sweetie, there's like no race. And then I'm thinking, wait, take your own stinking advice, mom. There is no race at 51. And and she's like, okay, I don't have to have everything planned out. And I'm feeling the vulnerability of like, my identity is changing. Her identity is changing. She feels like everything's changing. And so I said to her the other day, make a list of all the things that are staying the same and go back to that because there is a lot changing and you have permission to have it change. I need to take that same advice. So at 18 versus 51, I feel like like this conversation we're having today, if the listener is like, I'm not going through hot flashes right now. What are they talking about? My spouse didn't die and my last kid isn't moving out. You just never know. I think change is like be gentle with yourself and do what we're doing, Lisa. Literally, like every time I have these conversations with people that feel like they can see me and for you, you know, obviously we've had some where I'm not having the same stewardship as you. I'm not buying a headstone, but I'm feeling like I need to. So maybe we need to talk. Like the talking part of this is why I think podcasts are so effective Because obviously you're listening to someone's conversation. Hopefully you're hearing like, wait, me too. And that helps me in some way just like ease into the the wave of this. Because I'm afraid at times I'm going to be crashed against a rock of like, it was of nothing and I'll be rocking. I had a friend last night, what do you need from me? Because I had some hard news at work. And I said, could you just check on me in three months? If, oh. if I'm just— Oh, yeah, like in, in the future. I said, I'm worried about where this, like, daughter going to move out, play some of these check things Check on out. me in three months. Could you That's just so check funny. on me? No, because this is so interesting. This is going to make me want to cry, too. Like, three months after Chris died, I remember who showed up then. 
Like, right, because everything at the right at the beginning is a total blur. But if you said, who showed up at three months, I, kn- I could give you a list. And because that's when you feel like— Everyone else if went back to normal. If you have horrible news or, yes, there's a, there's a change, New there's baby. a transition or whatever. Everything kind of settles down, and, it, and, and you have the secondary shock that— is so fun, no. which is now what? Now what? Now what are you going to do? It's not new anymore. You got to learn to live with mm-hmm. this, whatever it is. You it, there's there's no fighting the transition. There's no or the you know life change. There there's only pivoting. So you're going to stay still. You're going to move forward. You're going to move this way. Like what are you going to do? And and that's really interesting. And I I've, think I said that to you yeah. because I've tried to say that to all the new moms. Call me in three months, mm-hmm. or I'll be checking on you after your whatever. Diagnosis. Yeah, and I had a really good friend who he and his family came and he wrote a letter to each one of my kids. And because he he lost his dad when he was, you know, at a young age. And and he said, and he came over and he he gave some like just nice mementos and some um, you know, food. And and I was so like shocked by it, like kind of confused, because you know, I was still like, oh, what is in the fog? What is life? Mm-hmm. What does it all mean? Mm-hmm. And and he said, I just remember, you know, three months after was the hardest. And the he remember that decades later and reached out to a friend in that like specific way. And it was just like it was so meaningful. And I just think that a lot of times, you know, when I ask you, you know, why do you do what you do? Like, why don't you just like, wouldn't it be easier just to have a a job where you don't have to think or, um, you know, it's sort of like automatic. But I think even if you do have a job like that, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? right. Like, because I know people who, you know, have jobs and then that's their, it, in order to live the lives that they want to live, right? They find mm-hmm. meaning in other things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I really don't think that there is. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious with like, you know, that 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 hustle, knowing that what you're really doing is inviting constant change. And, I'm and also, which is hard. And constant opinion and feedback. Ooh, yeah. And I would just say, at the end of the day, I've been thinking about this because Olivia Newton-John just died at the time of this typing. And I've seen all the—I saw your post about her, and right? And I think, what is the measure of the worth of someone's life? And for me, I know this sounds cliche. I really—when I get caught in the weeds, I get discouraged. I start questioning. I start doubting the impact— I try to bring it back to the one. And when I make it about that, I can list more than one ones. Mm. You mean of influence? Uh Uh-huh, of people that have shared with me. I really try to give feedback to other people about how they impact me on a regular Mm -hmm. basis because that's my love language. And so when someone texts me or messages me and says, listen, you don't even know. You think that no one's noticing this has impacted me. Or one of my kids, my son said this to my husband yesterday. I'm taking it as a win, you guys. Because yeah, like, we'll I don't know. You can. I don't know how to measure it. He said, You know what I love about our family? Other than we play Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I love that we stay connected, but we don't try to be too much. And like, we give space to our adult kids. And that's a unique balance. And that changes. And I felt like whatever we're doing wrong, and we have done a lot wrong, I felt like it was a moment that sometimes it's easier to take in the criticism and the hard stuff and the messes, and we reject 
the moments where someone says, thank yeah, you like for what good. you did. And that was so good. Or my son's like, you know what I love about us? We always, we're a hugging family shocker, right? If anyone knows me. Right. And so <laughs> he's like, I, I have to warn the people I bring over, friends and stuff, because they want to join our family. And I'm thinking, well, that must mean something. But I also know both my kids need to be in therapy and have gone to therapy and because we didn't do it all right. And so I would just say I'm trying to make space for the unknown, for the mess of blocks in the front of me on the floor that I don't know what to do with Mm -hmm. in my life, the transition, and receive some of the good. Because I wonder, did Olivia Newton-John know this week? Like, did people make sure in the last few years, I know she's had health issues, did she hear how much she had mattered to them? Yeah, I wonder. Before she passed? I don't know. I don't want to wait until like, I mean, I've seen people say like, we need to have celebrations of life before we're actually well, gone. Well, you know, like what my husband did, right? I like, know. And like at the end of his life, he would say, I love you to every, he never said that before. He was really like, not a crier, not a like a, you know, just it a joker, you know, like <laughs> a joker. I don't know, like just n- not not sentimental, not, you know, certainly not where his heart on his sleeve like I am. You yeah. know, and we every were day good was balance, more of our party. Like that. Yeah. But but when he was really, really sick, he started saying, Hey, I love you, man, like to his guy friends, and I love you to all of his friends. Yeah. And at first it sounded sort of like forced. Well, just odd. When someone doesn't normally do that uh-huh. and he made it so natural, you know, like because he really meant but it. But he did and, over and time, right? He, he thought, said it so much. He said it so much that it just became it, he would say it to everyone. And he said, I just, I don't know how much, I mean, that's what living with a terminal mm-hmm. disease is, right? Like, I don't know how much mm-hmm. time I have, and I don't want anyone to wonder. Yeah. Like, if I did, because it might be the last time I would right. I'd see them. And I remember, <laughs> this is not funny, but it is funny. It is funny. You have to we laugh about to, the sad stuff. One of the last vacations we were able to go to before he couldn't travel, we went to Florida. And we saw our friend Bex- Becky, we call her Bexy, and in a Utah accent. <laughs> and she, she's our improv friend, just so funny. Uh, and we went to Disney World together, and she does the um, the improv Monsters, Inc. show. And so she showed us all around. So, of course, we were laughing you got the, VIP the whole time. Tour. And Chris put on my daughter's um, Pinocchio hat and wanted to get a... <laughs> A picture with the beast, Beauty and the Beast, and you know, you know. Then somebody bent, and now we're. <laughs> I mean, he just. I'm. Uh, I'm falling and tripping all over my words because it's really hard to explain. That trip was so funny, and at the end of the trip, you know, he's got this terminal disease, but we're still in the hopeful stage. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was like 2017. Like it's only been a. You know, maybe he'll be the one that that, yeah. that can last for 10 years. Or like, you know, we were still sort of in that thing. But I remember we were saying goodbye, and he said, "Well, Bexy, goodbye forever. See you on the other side." <gasps> And it was like the first time he had said that before, and he meant it, but it was kind of funny, but kind of not funny. Right. And she was like, Chris. And he's like, well. It's true. It's true, and I love you, and I'll see you soon. Because that's how he felt. And it was, I don't know, I think about that sometimes because then he got more comfortable saying it, and that's how he would talk. And Lisa, I'm wondering, like, how and, much— But he was able to say that to her. Yeah, I'm wondering, and, and like— like, how, like, shouldn't we all live our lives? Exactly like, what I, I was know that's so cheesy, but no. shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be speaking that authentically all the time and yeah. assuming that about each other all the time? Because yeah. I think, if anything, the last two years has shown us that, that all of a sudden, like— 
But I love those expressions yeah. of that. And I know that, like, especially, like, at the end, he would say, I mean, when he couldn't move or talk. I mean, talk about, like, level of influence, right? Like, he's not directing. He's not teaching a ton of students or creating art. Like, I mean, he was, but he was still a husband, still a father, still a, you know, all of these, still a friend, relationship. He couldn't move, couldn't speak, but he still, like, woke up every day and would pray and say— who can I help today? Mm-hmm. He would like just like, is there some one person that I could text or In- write an email to or just brighten or something? Cause he just thought I can still have that kind of that influence or whatever. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think that there that a hundred percent has changed my view on, you know, what it means to be successful success, or how, how you show up. A kind of influence. But Lisa, I'm going to whip it around to you and say, I feel like the public from what they journeyed that with you in will say that he had a huge influence. But I have said it to you before. You're just as much a part of that because— No, I don't know. But come on. You're going to try to change the subject. <laughs> and I'm going to just say— No, any, I just think I don't like to evaluate. The, I just like to go okay, forward. Okay, listen. I just said this to my mother-in-law, who's my father-in-law died of MS. The last 15, 16 years were horrific. And I'm going to say this. I have a niece, two nieces right now going through some horrific medical stuff. And I said to her, uh, do you see dad in your legacy? And she's like, no, we didn't do it well. I wasn't patient. I was fresh. And I said, mom, First of all, did you guys kill each other? She's like, no. And I'm like, and you kept your faith, and you kept your family, and you kept showing up, and you kept trying, and it was a mess. I don't think you guys had any idea that grandchildren would then, in really young ages with young families, be navigating some horrific situations. I know that they can look back and somewhere in their muscle memory see and remember grandma and grandpa and how they did it and how they kept trying I'm going to say the same thing to you, Lisa. Like, sometimes it's the person sick that we go, okay, Chris, use that humor, kept trying, kept praying. and But I know as a friend what you were doing behind the scenes and just showing up now, right? Like, what impact? Maybe your kids, grandkids won't be able to say it to you until 20 years from now when they're facing their own stuff. Well, you I, can't hold on for that, right? Like you that can't, can't be the measure of it anything can't, but that I think, anyone does or the motivation. But I think when you wake up every day and go, this does not seem to be changing the world for any good, and I don't seem to be useful to anyone, which I've had those thoughts, I have to trust that I'm doing my best. I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be honest. I mean, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> Let's no, it's a great entertainment. TMI. Mom, please stop telling people on live television that stuff. Um, and and I don't know what good that is, but I know that the people that have influenced me, I hope they know. Um, but they, they probably wake up every day wondering if they've made a difference. I think it's just the human condition. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. And I, and I You've really— made a difference in my life, Lisa. Don't try stop. to change the subject. I know you are about to do that. Did you guys see? I just squeezed. She was about I'm to segue. Segue was happening right there. I just want you to receive it, receive <laughs> it, receive it. Because there are moments I've messaged you where I'm in moments where I'm like, this is not the exact same, but I've watched but this. Hard is hard. I've watched Lisa model some of this. She's not robbing banks that I know of. And so it's given me strength. Isn't that what being human and being in this human family means? It's like we're bumping up against each other. We're making a mess of it all. 
And hopefully, because of podcasts, we're having conversations (laughs) that we didn't have that my mother-in-law didn't get to listen to any podcasts about helping your spouse through MS and what it looks like when your spouse doesn't get out of bed for a year before he dies. Yeah. I mean, who we didn't talk about some of this stuff. And so can't that be something that we're doing better at? No, can't that be like, hey, this person showed up for me and it like changed my life. And it might not have been that big of a deal. Like that's just like— you know, Chris expressing love to somebody or like I got so many notes after he passed about like, you don't understand. You need to know Mm -hmm. like he's, that saved me or, or Mm -hmm. anyway, just some really sweet expressions. Yes, little, little (laughs) wifey do. You don't feel it when you're in a time of transition, when you're like, Hustling and just trying to, I don't know, live life. And then you stop or have a moment just sort of to look around to go, what what are what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What's what what are we doing? And certainly when kids leave home, that's a huge thing for for a lot of people. When like a job transition, like life and death, even the good stuff, it's even still change. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Even weddings and yeah. babies. Moving and, to a new great house, but all of a sudden you don't know where your bank is or your dentist is. And like know. it's changed. So many like points of transition. And there mm-hmm. it is. It's a stress, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a different kind of stress mm-hmm. in it. I do think that like it's given me an opportunity to just to sort of like say, okay, so then all the cards are on the table, right? Like you can choose how you want to live now. Which you know, is like, why I want my friend to check on me in three months because I'm afraid <laughs> that one of the cards on the table, Lisa, <laughs> is me watching a lot of Netflix and never right. getting out of bed. I mean, that's, that's where a, my that's brain— That's a card. I know that is a card. We could pick that up. I know, I know. And we I could tra- do lots I of know. things. I mean, there's—it's not—I I feel a sort of constricted when I think that it has to be one thing. I right. think we all want choice, right? Like, right. we all want to be— like I have chosen this life and how I live, and so when you know something knocks off your you off your feet that you feel like wait I didn't choose this, then it, it feels unfair, even right. though that's just life, right? Well, and also like I've said to people, if all of a sudden my social media accounts go black and I'm gone and there's no posting or sharing, like I really do hope that I can hear God say you're you you're done, you need to like. This, do something else. This or... season is done. I hope I have the grace that, you know, I, I tell <laughs> my friends, would, would you be the good friend to come and just knock on my door and be like, you know, those cute grandmas that are like, they have always had long hair, but there's now only like three hairs left because they, I don't want to be that girl. I want my friends to go, it's time to do the little pixie cut, like cut <laughs> yeah. the hair. I don't want to stay too long at the party where everyone's like, we, we already packed it up and, and you didn't get that M.O., Right? Memo? Memo. Right? I do write books, but I have an editor. So I I, I hope I have that grace, but I'm also trying to give myself permission that it feels really uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I I, I don't have a handbook. I appreciate you saying that. I do feel like some people, I imagine some people, I don't know (laughs) if I've ever talked to anyone like this, who just feel—no, that's not true. There have been certain times in my life where I felt like this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, when I was taking care of Chris, I I felt like there's nothing more important than I could be doing than taking care of him. And he's been such a good husband, such a good father and and person to make his life, like, more comfortable. And I I felt that. And so that helps. But sometimes when you feel like, 
then that oh, changes. Anybody could do this, or I, is this the right thing, or is this should how I should be, you know, living my life? When it's a little bit more murky, I feel like that calling is like the feeling when your kids start to leave home. Mm. Well, now what's my role? I knew before what it was. Yeah, It was very clear, like, hey, this is the program where I, I teach you things and I keep you safe and I give you my opinion and and I love you unconditionally. And we practice that over and over again. When you leave home, our relationship is going to look different. How? Well, then it gets a little bit more murky. Then you feel a little less confident about it. And for whatever reason, I feel like then keeping that that focus is harder. That's why I need to come back and we just talk about parenting adult children because— in three months. Seriously, I feel like (laughs) I've tried to look at people ahead of me on the trail that I admire, that I think are doing a good version of that, and I literally will stop them and be like, okay, tell me. What do I do? What are you doing with in-law kids? How are you handling da-da-da-da? How are you— And it's interesting because they'll tell me the real story, and that's just a good reminder— whether you whatever you see Lisa and I putting on social, it's a version. I try to be pretty authentic. I, just I do did too, a but post. I also try to be really like respectful of my yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't want me. Like I did it. I, I know veil posting is not appreciated, but I do try to be honest with still protecting privacy, right? Yeah. And not always disclose every detail of every whatever. As two oversharers, I would like to be congratulated for our restraint. Listen, I said that to my kids the other day. Do you understand the blood in my? mouth of me biting my tongue. You you don't understand the iceberg of things, Dad, and I really do want to say. So when I'm a good listener, which is code for my kids saying to me that I didn't give the unsolicited uh-huh. advice, I just wrote my, sis, my, my daughter this letter, and I said, first two paragraphs are just mom love. The rest of it is all advice. If you're not in the mood, skip that part. <laughs> and she goes, Mom, That's that was so funny. brilliant. Because oh, I can I'm go back to that. that. Yeah. There. I, That's a little I physically away. can't keep it in, so oh. I call my brother, <laughs> who has kids about the same age. I call my brother, and I go, hey, guess what all of this is? And I list it all out, and I go, but guess what? It's none of my business. And he's like, he just laughs and says, you're right. It's none of your business now. Oh, And my. then I feel like I've had my say, but then I don't ruin okay, my I'm, relationship. You take mine. I'm taking Kay. yours. We weren't going to do takeaways, but I'm taking them. Because I am thinking of the people I can call and give all my great— And I tell my kids, you know people pay me? to talk. <laughs> People pay me to get my opinion in a book form. You don't want it for free because it's for free, babe. I got it all day. Nope. The hardest and part extra. of mothering for me has been <laughs> yeah. to learn to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And let them have their own journey and wait for I them to we circle back. It. We did? Okay. <laughs> check, check. Now I know what your deal is. <laughs> this is my deal. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show is produced by Lisa Valentine Clark and McKay Menden. If you want to continue the conversations we started, please join our group on Facebook called The Lisa Show Listener Community. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Thank you for listening to The Lisa Show. 